of pornography causes serious problems for individuals, families, marriages, and the church. Has pornography become a part of your life? Is it causing problems with relationships? Has it caused problems in the life of someone you love, your sibling, your child, your spouse, your friend? How can those addicted to pornography come clean? How can you help those who need to confess their addiction to porn? God's grace is powerful enough not only to make us clean, but also to get us dancing. We can dance with joy in God's presence as he forgives us and helps us conquer our sinful struggles. My guest today is Mike Novotny. He's the pastor of the Core in Appleton, Wisconsin, and chairman of Conquerors Through Christ, a grace-based ministry for sexual sinners. Today we'll discuss his new book, from Dirty to Dancing, God's Grace for Those Struggling with Pornography. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for so much for being our guest today on Family Shield. Thank you, Kay. It's great to be here. Well, tell our listeners why you wrote the book, From Dirty to Dancing, God's Grace for Those Struggling with Pornography. Yeah, um, great question, and probably two answers. Uh, number one was just my own story. Um, growing up, I was raised by a great Christian mom. I went to church every Sunday, actually read my Bible every day. Um, I decided I wanted to be a pastor, and yet in the midst of all those really good outward things, I had a, a quiet kind of secret struggle with pornography. And it helped me realize it's not just you know people out there in the world it's people that read their Bibles and go to church and love Jesus that can struggle with stuff like this too. And yet in most of my experience, it was something that we didn't talk about very much. And so that really prompted me to kind of bring this out into the light. You know, how did God's grace help me to recover from this addiction? Uh, what worked and what didn't in my story? And I found out the more that I would talk about it, the more people would talk back. And I realized there were so many families and men and women and teenagers and even elderly people who are struggling uh, when it came to, to purity with sexuality. So I really wanted to verbalize, talk about this so that people wouldn't have to live with shame and secrecy, but they could find all the Jesus that they need. That's wonderful. And thank you so much for write, writing this book, because it is important that we talk about our struggles and mm. that we help people know the grace of Jesus Christ covers Absolutely. all of our sins. Well, Mike, you begin uh, the book, and you end the book, kind of sandwiched, with the story of the parable of the prodigal son. You kind of change the, the words a little bit. So from the beginning and then again at the end. Why is this story, the, the parable of the prodigal son, is so important? Oh, yeah, kind of the title of the book is really uh, taken from that story. I mean, here you have Jesus right in the middle of his ministry, Everyone's listening, the religious people, the people who are kind of far from the church. And you know, he tells a story about a kid who ends up dirty. I mean, pigs, prostitutes, and just a few verses later, there's dancing and peace and the Father's love and a, a celebration. And to me, it's just such a shocking reminder. I meet so many people who struggle with sexual sin that think they can't rejoice until they fix it. Mm. You know, it's like until my, my sanctification, my Christian life is at this kind of level, until I haven't 
looked at this stuff for so many weeks or months or years. Like, in, until then, I can't feel good and rejoice in the gospel. And, you know, Jesus' story is that <laughs> the kid who thinks he's totally unworthy and who is, ends up finding a God who rejoices over him in love. And so I really wanted that to, to sandwich it. There's a lot of stuff in the Christian world about pornography, but so often it's, you know, pornography is really bad and so many people struggle with it, so here are some practical steps so you don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, which are both important points, sure. but if Christ's love compels us, if Titus 2 says the grace of God teaches us to live self-controlled lives, I really wanted the gospel, and especially that story that Jesus told, to be the sandwich of everything that the book is about. I love that. I mean, as soon as I saw the book, I saw the title and right away uh, called the publisher saying, I need a review copy of that book. But what I looked for was was the gospel, the primary focus, because there's too many people out there that just say, oh, terrible sinner, uh, and you have to, and as you just said, they'll tell you all the things you have to do, but the gospel mm -hmm. transforms lives, and thank you so much for sharing that. But you do talk in the book, about the fact that pornography dirties our minds and our hearts, our, our families, our own personal relationship with Christ and others. Talk a little bit about what pornography dirties. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Conquers Through Christ, uh, that side ministry that I, I work with, uh, we talk a lot about how porn kills. And, you know, in a world that kind of thinks that porn's not that bad and so many people do it, and it's a great way to learn about sex or, you know, explore if you're curious about things. You know, we're just seeing more and more, and even some non-Christian groups are starting to recognize what what porn does to our brains and our lives is really tragic. Um, some people have called it the perfect drug. Hmm. Uh, it releases the amount of dopamine in your brain like you're using crack cocaine, except porn is free and it's always available and it's like having a drug in your pocket and unlike you know hardcore narcotics you can keep it a secret and so you know it's this massive danger that most of our culture wouldn't say so and so in, in the book I just try to bring that to light mm -hmm. man when how many wives have I counseled who have found their husband's search history and have just felt so unloved and the opposite of beautiful and not good enough and unworthy and you know, the, the more counseling I do and just the shame and the guilt and the addiction and the feelings of self-worth, I, I just, you know, I, would, I don't want to be too intense about it, but I also wanted people to know, like, this is a demonic trap. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a lie that peddles itself as a way to be comfortable or happy or curious or learn more. But in the end, it just kind of leaves you empty and hollow and feeling ashamed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you touched on it briefly, but how can pornography cause the person using it spiritual problems? Yeah, I, I think of uh, 1 Corinthians 6, you know, where Paul is talking about the rampant sexual sin in Corinth. And you know, he talks about how bad it is to sin against the temple of the Holy Spirit and to flee from pornography. He has that little line there where he says, you know, don't be deceived. Um, almost like this is common, it's cultural, they wanted to minimize it a little bit. But, you know, Paul knew, and he, I forget what verse it is, chapter 6, maybe 18 or 19, where he says, all, all other sins a person commits are outside their body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. 
So, you know, while all sin is the same in one sense, Paul seems to make this distinction that there's you know, just something about sex when it comes to our souls, that it affects us in really profound ways. Um, and, and I don't know, I, you know I, I can't wait to get to heaven and ask Paul what exactly he meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in practice, I think we see some of it. Um, maybe some of it's just the shame that we could talk about worry or fear or, you know, losing your patience as a parent. Mm-hmm. But to be able to talk about this with a pastor or a Bible study group or a, a Christian family becomes really difficult. So I think it's like the, the shame and the silence that tends to be the spiral where the more lonelier you are, the more you turn to porn, the more you turn to porn, the more you keep silent. Mm-hmm. And the more you keep silent, the lonelier you end up being. Yeah. Oh, sad. Yeah. Um, now, another section of the early part of your book, you talk about how God uses sinful people and that none of us are perfect. And and I loved reading that. Uh, there are several um, uh, people that you talk about there, but tell our listeners a little bit about King David and why you have him in there as someone God used who was not perfect by any means. Just tell us <laughs> a little bit about King David. Yeah. Yes, it was, was not perfect. That's a very nice way to describe him. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I love about his story, and I'm, I'm so grateful God put it in there, is, you know, here's a guy that even the New Testament, after after everything has happened and known and recorded, says he was a man after God's heart. Oh, yes, I remember that. I'd forgotten that, yeah. Yeah, and so the fact that it wasn't, the Bible said he was a man after God's heart, but then he did this bad sexual thing, and then he wasn't. He um, say that, you know, l- looking back at him, just to see, it's just a, a reminder that there's some really passionate people who are after God's heart that still can do some pretty tragic and shocking things like David did. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love even more, though, is the Holy Spirit inspires David to write a psalm about that experience with sexual sin. Um, you know, Psalm 32, when he talks about keeping silent and what it did, like God's hand was just heavy on him, and how in the end, when he confessed, God forgave the guilt of his sin. Mm-hmm. And then David gets like this platform and he's saying to people, you know, listen to me, don't, <laughs> that's kind of a funny line. He says, you know, don't be like the, the the mule or the donkey that needs to be like forced into obedience. He's trying to encourage people to be honest and to not live in silence and to confess the sins that might even be shameful. So his story from you know, the consequences of being quiet to the joy of confessing to God and other people and the fact that the Bible would look back at him and still, you know, identify him by grace and not by his sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at the, the top of my list of giving people like me hope. You bet. You bet. He gives a lot of people hope. Well, Jeremiah 31 uh, says, uh, I will remember their sins no more. Mm. And uh, that's quoting what God says. He says he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. Talk yes. about, again, you've already talked about it, but before we get into some of the other things that we're going to talk about, talk about the power of the gospel. Oh, man. Okay, God knows what he's doing, because um, an hour ago I sat with a young woman and she brought up that verse and how much that means to her, that you know God doesn't like forgive like we forgive. There's that picture that he remembers things no more. Uh, yeah, I'm... You know, for, for so many people who struggle with, with any sin, but with sexual sin, you know, you, you slip, you fall, you look, you click, and then you wake up the next morning and you feel so guilty and so worthless. And you you remember what you did. 
And to have a passage like that that says in the New Covenant, God doesn't just forgive us, but he remembers it no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then to go to church and receive communion, yes. you know, t- take and drink. This is the blood of the New Covenant. So whenever I'm giving communion at our church, I'll say, take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you so that God would forgive your sins and remember them no more. Awesome. Awesome. I want to just make a few announcements, and then we'll continue uh, talking about your book and helping our listeners learn a little bit more about what they can do if they're addicted to pornography or if they have a loved one that's addicted, what they can do. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Strength and Honor, the Spiritual Warfare Against Pornography. To request your free copy of this booklet, call our response center, 1-877-250-8416. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to their website, www.thrivent.com, or call Thrivent, 1-800-847-4836, and one of their employees will help you do this. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Now I want to go back to my guest, Mike Novotny, uh, and I want to ask right now how someone can get a copy of your book, again, From Dirty to Dancing, God's Grace for Those Struggling with Pornography. Where can they go to get a copy of the book? Um, you can go to my mom's house. I think she bought all the copies. <laughs> and she's. <laughs> um, now, two primary ways, if you go to Amazon, uh, the Kindle version, you can find it there if you like to read digitally. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, through Northwestern Publishing House, which is nph.net. Uh, you can find some copies and uh, hopefully pick one up, and I pray it's a blessing to you. I think it would be a blessing to many people. I think every church should get a copy. Uh, The pastor should read it and then get it into your library as well. Well, before we go back to our actual discussion, and I know this will kind of launch us into more that's in your book, tell our listeners a little bit more about Conquerors Through Christ. Yeah, so (laughs) a funny beginning, there was an incredible woman from um, a Lutheran church who noticed that a lot of people, even Christian leaders, were struggling with pornography and she wasn't sure what to do about it, but she really wanted to do something. So she actually Googled, um, and I wouldn't advise this to any of your listeners, Kay, she Googled like porn <laughs> pastor. And <laughs> somehow I, I had just given a presentation on pornography and I was Pastor Mike Novotny. So she contacted me, this is about 2012, I believe. And we gathered some like-minded people who wanted to bring this into the light and let Grace have the final word. And man, by God's grace, we started small and now things have just grown. And now we have uh, kind of this 10-year vision with Conquerors Through Christ that we want to provide resources to equip about a thousand Christian leaders to hopefully reach hundreds of thousands of people in classrooms and in churches, just with good gospel-based but but honest and, and biblical materials. So we're developing, Wonderful. I just did my doctorate work on a preaching workshop mm. on pornography to help pastors, that's free. We're developing catechism resources, parenting plans, to have healthy sexuality lessons with kids from the earliest age. Um, Bible studies, accountability stuff. So yeah, if you go to conquerorsthroughchrist.net, you can find all the stuff, and we'd love to give it away and help people as much as we can. Wonderful. And your book will also obviously help uh, with that as well. So how do we help those who want to confess their sins about an addiction to pornography? What do we as Christians have to do? I'm I'm glad you asked that question. 
Um, you know, not, not everyone, lots of people in the church struggle with sexual sin, but there, there are a lot of people who don't. Um, and yet, you know, I think every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we don't pray, lead me not into temptation. We pray, lead us. Mm-hmm. And so if we mean that prayer, we're, we're saying, God, would you please help everyone at my church, everyone in my family, not be led into that temptation? And one of the ways we personally can be the answer to that prayer are by being safe people to confess to. So one of our primary values at Conquerors Through Christ is what we call safety first. Mm. When I give a presentation or when I preach about this in church, like my, my number one goal, even before I get to the gospel, is to make sure people feel safe. Um, like we can talk about this, there's compassion, we're not going to villainize people. You know, I just want to have the, the attitude in the heart of the father who came home smelling like pigs and prostitutes. And instead of having his hands on his hips, his arms were outstretched, reaching for the son that he loved. So I, I think the way we talk about that, um, not, you know, those people who do those things, but as parents, as church members, if we can admit like this happens and, hey, you know, if, if you ever struggle with something like this, I would love to pray for you and encourage you and remind you of Jesus' love. Um, I think we can preemptively really help people make it easier to confess if they already know what our reaction is going to be. So, yeah, I I, uh, recognize that, uh, Mike. I have been over the last few days talking to several people about this book, and it's interesting to me the reaction I get. Some are like, oh, and others were just so interested. Oh, I went to my daughter's high school uh, uh, informational uh, meeting and they talked about that and is it true that many teenagers are getting involved she just started asking me all kinds of questions not mm. with a judgmental view but because she has a daughter that just started high school and she was concerned whereas others um put that you you just hear them judging you yes. do, do you get that a lot oh that, that that is so huge because as i say in the book often I don't know of many people who escape this sin without telling someone else. Yeah, you mentioned that in your book, that you you believe that they must tell someone. Yeah, and I mean, that, that was my story. You know, I prayed more. I, I, could, I could rattle off to you Romans 7 and 1 Corinthians 6. I memorized those passages. I kept going to church. And for me, and really what I found in almost everyone's story like this, that we, we get better when we reach out for help. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, ju- just uh, what you started the conversation with, having a judgmental attitude, that will immediately close that down. door. Yeah. People are testing the waters to see if you're safe mm-hmm. and if you recognize the struggle of sin. Um, so I, I often encourage people at our church, and this is kind of a, I don't know, a PG-13 way to put it. I would say, you know, what's your porn? Like, you, okay, you, you might not use porn, but there's something you know that's not right with God, mm-hmm. and yet you struggle with it every day, and you hate it, and you wish you could change it. But you find out it's not a light switch. It's like this dimmer switch that goes up and down. And once we realize that about ourselves, like, you know, Paul, who had that struggle and saw himself as the chief of sinners, mm-hmm. like, that gave him so much compassion to minister to people. And I, I think that's really important. The, the stats will say, you know, if, if the, the row is filled at your church, there are multiple porn users from the last 30 days and they they need someone's help and so Mm -hmm. if we come with compassion and not with disgust or judgment we can be such a great blessing and we can be god's answer to 
lead us not into temptation. Absolutely. Well, in one of your segments, you say do's and don'ts of dirty laundry. Uh, Mm. First is find accountability partners, a trusted friend. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, You know, just people who can remind you of the seriousness of sin before you're about to commit it. (laughs) And then the seriousness of the gospel, if you happen to have fallen into sin. Uh Um, I, I was just emailing with a a 20 something year old this week. And and he talked about that, you know, he, he didn't have that network and he would just find himself in really rough patches that he would really regret afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having those trusted people who love you, you can be real with them. You can let them know when you're being triggered or you just, you know, you're feeling that temptation and they can remind you of God's word, pick up the phone. Um, I remember from a counselor I once talked to, he said the human brain is really bad at multitasking. Um, and he said, so if you can focus on something else, often your thoughts will not focus on, mm. on the, you know, the original temptation. Mm. And so I think having good people in our life can do that. They can focus us back on Jesus and God and his word mm-hmm. instead of just the temptation that's hard to snap out of. Great. You also, uh, in that same section, say don't choose cops or coaches. What do you mean by that? And you're talking about the accountability partner. Don't choose yeah. cops or coaches. What is a cop? Yeah. What is a cop and what is a coach? Yeah, I should give I should give credit. I uh, I think I stole that um, idea from a uh, man. I'm looking at all the books on my shelf now on this topic, <laughs> and I, I can't remember which one it came from. But you know, a, a cop is someone who just like enforces the law. And if you have an accountability partner that just says, "Well, why'd you do that?" or "I can't believe you did that," or "Don't do that," mm-hmm. like it does it doesn't get to the heart, which is where this change has to come from. And you know, a coach is someone who might kind of pat you on the back and encourage you and give you direction, but they don't get down to the level of the heart. Mm. And so, you know, I want accountability partners to be like cardiologists. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on in your heart? Why did you turn to this instead of to Jesus? Um, Why why are you sitting in the shame when God has promised this great thing to remember your sins no more? So, you know, surface-level accountability might work for a little while, like guilt and fear sometimes do, but yeah, without grace being at the center of it, it's, it's not going to last really long. So I'm trying to move people past kind of shallow accountability to something more evangelical. Right, right. You also say, do tell your significant other. Mm. Um, I guess a lot of times that's the first person you try, you try to hide it from. But you're yes. saying, tell your wife or husband or your significant other. Why? Because um, secrets secrets are no fun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um I, I don't suggest that your boyfriend girlfriend fiance or spouse should be your primary accountability partner um but yeah that's that's something that needs to be talked about people know need to know in a dating relationship what baggage we're bringing in what struggles we actually have um so that uh, that just needs to be a conversation i wouldn't want my wife to be keeping secrets from me that mm-hmm. wouldn't be healthy for us mm-hmm. and it might be hard to hear the truth sure. and we might have to work through forgiveness and reconciliation mm-hmm. together but yeah having other people know but not the person that you're one flesh with in marriage um just yeah, isn't wise not a good idea okay good and then you talk about signing up for protective software tell us a little bit more about that yeah so like my accountability partner uh, his name is shane um he and i have something called covenant eyes which is probably the most famous, but uh, not the only uh, filtering and accountability software. So what that does for me is if I'm ever tempted to look at something 
um, and you know, Covenant Eyes flags it as, oh, this might be more mature content, it will immediately send an email to my accountability partner. So I, I can't kind of live in secret. If I uninstall it, it will send him an email saying, Mike uninstalled, you know, his Covenant Eyes filter. Mm. And so what I say it is, you know, it doesn't necessarily change the heart, but it just it just pauses you enough that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, sometimes when you're caught up in a sin, you get so fixated on it that you forget all the things you know from the Word. And sometimes just having that roadblock and barrier just pauses you long enough to like think, oh, what, what am I doing? And you get back to the Word and the promises of God, uh, and you, you can escape. So I think of First uh, Corinthians 10, you know, when you're tempted, God will provide a way out. Good. And uh, for me, this is just one of the ways out, just that long enough pause that we can get back to the things we know are true and good. Okay. Now we have just a couple minutes left. Uh, I just wanted to read, uh, let Israel rejoice in his maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing from Psalm 149, two and three. Yeah. But why can we dance? And then again, why is that gospel so important in this struggle that we go through uh, with whatever sin we're struggling with, but especially for those that might be struggling with pornography? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Lutheran pastor, and Lutherans aren't famous for dancing. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Surprising name. <laughs> yeah, because to me, that's the implication of the gospel. Um, it's not God crosses his arms and says, fine, I'll let you into heaven. Um, that baptism means just like God rejoiced over his son and was delighted in him. Like, our Father feels the same way about us. Like, because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness, when, mm. when my God looks at me, despite everything that's happened in my past and present, like, he's not disappointed or disgusted. Um, he, what's that passage from Isaiah? As a groom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. And I think about that as a pastor when I see a groom up at the altar, you know, waiting for his bride to come, and he is so emotional because he loves her that much. Mm -hmm. And so the more I think about that, like, my relationship with God is not about me. It's about Jesus, and it's about grace. And, like, man, how good it feels when someone gives me a compliment or loves me or accepts me. And that's just a human being. But to think that the gospel says that God feels that way about me, about us. So that's where the dancing comes in. I, I don't want to just move people from, well, I was addicted, but now I don't. I want to move them from shame and guilt to mediocrity to just being so overwhelmed with how God feels about us um, because of what Jesus has done. All right. Thank you so much. Again, my guest has been Mike Novotny, and uh, his book is From Dirty to Dancing, God's Grace for Those Struggling with Pornography. And I just have three words as I end the program. Everybody dance now. <laughs> I just love that. That was the ending chapter or the ending segment in your book. Thank you so much for all that you do. Blessings on your ministry. Thank you so much, Kay. All right. This is Kay Meyer again with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield.